For what things are impossible with men are possible with me. Nothing is too hard, nothing is too big that I can't resolve and I can't solve. For I'm the one that you need to be looking to. I'm the source. I've made way for all things to be possible for you. Have I not said and have I not spoken it before that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever? He fulfilled and satisfied everything that pertained to your natural life and your spiritual life. So what things that seem to be impossible to you, be it known to you this day that it is possible. With men, it's not possible, but with me, it's possible. Put no limits on me. Put no restraints. Put no time on me. For I am now, and I will perform, and I will do what needs to be done, even now. So reach out to me. Let me know what your need is. I already know it, but you need to speak it out and give it to me. For I hold your answer. It's yours, and it's yours now. Amen. And amen. You receive that? How many of you believe Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? He changes not. The Lord is the one who changes not. There is nothing that he's going to change. He's come to satisfy and fulfill everything that's needful in your personal life. He's already done it through Jesus. When Jesus said it is finished, it was finished. How many of you really believe that? That what Jesus did on Calvary is a finished product. When he said it is finished, it was finished. How many of you know the New Testament began whenever the veil of the temple was rent from top to bottom? It opened up a whole dimension of life to you and I. Everything in the old was satisfied and everything in the new was satisfied. There is nothing that he has that is not completed. That you can't have access to. Tonight I want to... Just share with you a little bit, teach a little bit on the introduction to the nine manifestations of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know there, those nine manifestations are important? Every one of them. They have tremendous significance, but they will not work without the nine manifestations of the fruit of the Spirit. They're power twins, they work together, they cooperate together, and they all work by love. Everything that God is works by love. Everything in Christendom that's working with God works by love. And these manifestations, they bring love. They bring the, the, the position and the place to where God can fulfill everything that's needful in your life. And so you and I need to enjoy the full benefits of everything that he's already done. If he says that we can have it, then we should get it. We should seek after it. I'd like to just make a statement to you. 
The gifts of the Holy Spirit, they are endowments of supernatural energy. They're not natural energy. They're supernatural energy given by God to aid the Christian in his earth walk to show forth to mankind the completeness of his redemption through his son, Jesus Christ, and to remind the devil and the demons of darkness that they truly have been defeated and lost all rights to mankind. Jesus satisfied everything that was necessary of what Adam lost in the garden, Jesus satisfied it. He fulfilled it in his blood so that you and I could walk in newness of life. So if we're going to walk in newness of life, there must have been something that was old. There was a pattern that was old. And thank God, God didn't do away with the old. He fulfilled the old old and satisfied it so that you and I could walk in the new. You and I live in a dispensation called grace. How many of you are grateful for God's grace and his mercy? Thank God for his grace and his mercy. Thank God for the Holy Spirit who is a comforter that has come to aid us, to assist us, to help us in all of our journeys. How many of you know that Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father? He is seated at the right hand of the Father. So who is it that's going to walk with you day by day? It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, He has given you as a friend. He sticks closer than a brother. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will always be there to lead you and to guide you if you and I will just follow. But it's up to me. Someone asked me the other day, why is everything going on so bad in the world? Why doesn't God do something about it? If God is such a wonderful God and everything else, why doesn't God do something about it? He already has. It's already done. It is finalized. It is finished. It is complete. What he did was he turned it over to us. He turned it over to the church. He gave the church the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So you and I have the keys. It's up to us to take the keys and use the keys. And God's given us everything that is necessary. Well, you say, well, I know that. But are you doing that? He said, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper, be in health, even as your soul prospers. The problem is not that Jesus didn't complete it. The problem is, is we let our soul dictate and tell us much of what we do today. We still go by our soulish feelings rather than to be led by the Spirit. Now, don't take it wrong. Say, I'm open. I'm teachable. And I'm subject to change. Guess what? You don't know it all. I don't know it all. And we need to be subject to change. 
because he knows it all. And the Holy Spirit knows it all. And is passing it down to you and I. These nine manifestations are very important to the body of Christ. They've been important from the very beginning. Seven of these manifestations that we're going to read about flowed and operated in the Old Covenant. Two of them did not. He reserved those two prophesied by Joel in chapter 2 and verse 28 that we would be baptized or we would be immersed in the Holy Spirit and we would begin to speak in a different language. And it was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter number 2. It was fulfilled what he prophesied. The New Testament church has two gifts that the old covenant did not have. And those two gifts are tongues and interpretation of tongues. Two of the most misunderstood, fought over, ever since it has happened on this planet called earth. But nonetheless, it did not do away with God had already planned for us. He fulfilled it and satisfied it. Can you say amen? So we need to love, we need to respect, we need to cherish, we need to believe, we need to talk about, we need to teach about, we need to preach about, and we need to meditate upon and desire to be used in these endowments of supernatural energy. Look at your neighbor and say, these are endowments of supernatural energy. You're supernatural, naturally. Say that again. You are supernatural, naturally. What do you mean naturally? It ought to be just common second nature to you and I to function and flow in the Spirit. Because that's what he's told us to do. He said if we would walk in the spirit, we'd not mind nor fulfill the lust of the flesh. <coughs> Verse number one says, I'm going, to read, I'm going to read this to you out of the Amplified Bible. In 1 Corinthians, if you would, just open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. That's where we find these manifestations listed. And in verse number one, he says, now about the spiritual gifts, the special endowments of supernatural energy. Brethren, I do not want you to be misinformed. In the King James, it says, I do not want you to be ignorant. And that means misinformed. He doesn't want you to be misinformed. But yet much of the body of Christ is still misinformed today about these manifestations. There's a lot of difficulty and a lot of talk that's gone on concerning these manifestations about them not being a part of the New Testament order of today. It died, left whenever the apostles died. But yet there is no place in the scripture where you find that as so. 
He says in verse two, it says, you know that when you were heathen, you were led off after idols that could not speak habitually as impulse directed and uh, whenever the occasion might arise. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking under the power and influence of the Holy Spirit of God ever can say Jesus is cursed. And no one can really say Jesus is my Lord except by and under the power and the influence of the Holy Spirit. Now, therefore, there are diversities or distinctive varieties and distributions of endowments, extraordinary powers distinguishing certain Christians due to the power of divine grace operating in their souls by the Holy Spirit, and they vary, but the Holy Spirit remains the same. And there are distinctive varieties of service and ministration, but it is the same Lord who is served. And there are distinctive varieties of operation, of working to accomplish things, but it is the same God who inspires and energizes them all in all. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, that is the evidence, the spiritual illumination of the Spirit for good and profit. So these manifestations come for the purpose of bringing increase to the body of Christ, to you as an individual and to the church at large. So that's the purpose of these manifestations. They are not to be worshipped. They're not to be glorified. But yet we should thank God for them because it's part of His character. It's who He is. God can't help who He is because He just is. He is love and everything that encompasses love, that's just the way God is. We can't blame Him for anything because the truth of the matter is, is God's not to blame, we are. If we are misinformed or we are ignorant of these manifestations, and that goes for anything, the enemy comes in and he steals, kills, and destroys. God is, God is not to be blamed for anything. It is amazing the amount of things that God gets blamed for. I just heard someone here just recently why doesn't God do something about the situation in Afghanistan? He's already done it. What more can God do? Well, he can set the people free. He did. They just haven't chosen to be free. There's not a person on this earth that he hasn't already healed. There's not a person on this earth he has not already delivered. He came to set the captive free. He did it once and for all, but, but they don't know. They don't, don't, they don't understand. Well, how can we blame God for it? It's not his fault. Let's get real bold. Look at your neighbor and say, if it's anybody's fault and you're not making it, it's your fault. 
don't mean to put pressure on you. But the truth of the matter is, he really has satisfied everything, hasn't he? He really has. He said this was, these were brought for the purpose of bringing about the manifestations in your life and my life to bring satisfaction in every arena. These manifestations are important. And what I'm going to do tonight is just, I'm just going to share with you these manifestations. We're going to read them in just a second. But these manifestations are important to you in your life and in my life so that we can accomplish everything that needs to be done. This is a Holy Spirit church. We believe in the person of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. All three in one. And they're all God. Jesus, when he came, they called him Emmanuel. God with us. How did we know it was God with us? He said, I only do the things that I have seen my father do, and I only speak the words I've heard my father speak. He said, the father and I were one. We're one in the same, but yet he's God and I'm the son. And the Holy Spirit is here to carry out everything that the son did. He accomplished it so that you and I could enjoy life. To its fullest. He said with a long life. Would he satisfy us. And show us. His salvation. Psalm 91. How many of you quote Psalms 91. It's with a long life. Well what's long. Until he says come home. Until you fulfill the destiny that God has called you to and that you've allowed the Holy Spirit to lead you and to guide you and to carry out and fulfill everything that's necessary for you and I to fulfill. Can you say amen? <clears throat> so he came so that you and I could have fulfillment in these manifestations so that you and I could enjoy the benefits of everything that God has accomplished so that it would bring a profit to you and I and the body of Christ. So that we constantly end up going into the plus mode. We're being blessed coming in. We're being blessed as we go out. That's plus. That was part of the old covenant. But yet we reaped all of the provision of that promise in the old covenant into the new because Jesus satisfied it. Now we don't do it in our own strength. He did it for us. And these manifestations are not hard. They're not hard to understand. They are manifestations of the Holy Spirit of God that he has given to guide us and direct us in them. And we just need to be open teachable and subject to change so that we can make necessary adjustments in our life to be able to operate and function in them. Our church needs to operate in them. Amen. 
They need to be flowing. If we're a spirit-filled church, we need to be operating in the spirit. We need to have prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. We need to have the gifts of healing, the working of miracles, discerning of spirits. Amen? We need to have a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom. We need to have prophecy in our lives. We need to be open to it. We need to allow the Spirit of God to use us to speak. Well, I can't speak good. It doesn't make any difference whether you can speak good or not. He will take your lips if you'll let Him take your lips, just like they did on the day of Pentecost. They just opened their mouth. You know, it's your tongue. Nobody's going to wag your tongue for you. It's not in your mind. It's coming from here. He said, out of your belly is going to flow. These manifestations don't come from your head. They come from your spirit man. When you got born again, did you know that your spirit man became perfect? Well, the Bible says no man's perfect. No, no man is perfect. But the spirit of man is the real you. And whenever you let the Spirit of God energize you to be born again, that spirit man has been protected. It is underneath a covenant relationship with Almighty God who says that we are safe in Him. It's not lost today and born again tomorrow. Lost the next day and born again again. Lost again and born again. You know what? My wife was a Southern Baptist. Not knocking the Southern Baptists. She went to the Southern Baptist Church and she would go down and rededicate her life. Over and over and over and over. Until her rededicator broke. When her rededicator broke, she got born again. Because the Lord spoke to her and said, you know all about me. But you don't know me. I want you to know me. I want you to have fellowship with me. And the only way you can have fellowship with me is to acknowledge me. To confess with your mouth and to believe it in your heart. And she did that. And she got born again and she's not been the same since. And a rededicator doesn't need to work. Because when we make a mistake, we confess our faults. We take care of it. And we just keep moving. We keep going. We satisfy uh, what God has satisfied in the gavel of justice. If I keep thinking I'm just a sinner, you'll always act like a sinner. I'm not a sinner. I once was a sinner. I've been saved by His grace. Now I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And the Holy Spirit wants me to enjoy the full benefits of that. And these manifestations are part of it. Let's go on and finish reading. Let's pick it up at verse number 8. He said, To one is given in, the, uh, in and through the Holy Spirit the power to speak a message of wisdom, and to another the power to express a word of knowledge and understanding according to the same Holy Spirit. To another... Wonder-working faith by the same Holy Spirit. To another, the extraordinary powers of healing by the one Spirit. 
to another the working of miracles, to another prophetic insight. That is the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose. To another the ability to discern and distinguish between the utterance of true spirits and false ones. To another various kinds of unknown tongues. To another the ability to interpret such tongues. All these achievements and abilities are inspired and brought to pass by one and the same Holy Spirit who apportions to each person individually exactly as he chooses. How many people in here are born again? You know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. How many of you are filled with this Holy Spirit? Well, I don't speak in tongues. Let me ask you a question. Have you asked him for the baptism of the Holy Spirit? If you've asked him for the Holy Spirit, he said, if I being, if you being an evil father know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall the Holy Spirit uh, or shall the Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? So the requirement is to ask. The requirement for salvation is to ask and to believe. The requirement for you to receive the Holy Spirit is to ask. You've already asked and believed for Him. And I want you to know that all of what God is wants to be a part of you. You have God the Father in you. You have God the Son in you. And you have the Holy Spirit in you. And it is a matter of you just simply to acknowledge and say, okay, I receive that. I receive all of that. But I don't speak in tongues. I just told you a while ago. It's your tongue. He's not going to wag it for you. He's not going to reach down and grab a hold of your tongue and yank it. But he will put syllables in there. He'll give you some syllables. I can't say that. I can't say that. Why can't you say that? Because it doesn't, it doesn't sound like anything. Well, I'm going to talk about my wife again. She never knows what I'm going to do. But this really happened to her. We went to a place. We heard about the Holy Spirit because her mother told us about it. Neither of us had been baptized in the Holy Spirit yet because we didn't know to ask. And so they told us what to do. We went to this place. They told us what to do. It was just in a home. They told us what to do. And they said, now, what you need to do, it's your tongue. You need to speak. And so... They laid hands on me first. I was sweating profusely because I thought, how am I going to come up with some type of a language? I don't know how to, I can't even talk English real good. How am I going to come up with some of this stuff that, they, that these people are saying around me? They all stopped. I said, now what am I going to copy? What am I going to copy? They said, you speak, it's your tongue. 
And all of a sudden, out of my belly, out of my belly came a gushing river. And it just flowed. I mean, it just kept flowing. It just kept flowing, kept flowing. And now I'm feeling better about myself. I got it. I said, you're up next. She goes and she sits in the same place. And uh, Diane, she opens up her mouth. And all she had was Abba. She said, Abba. 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 And I thought to myself, being the most spiritual person that I was, yeah, goo goo gaga. Abba. I didn't say anything to her. I thought, Come on, Diane. If the heathen of the house can speak it, you can too. That's all she got that night. We went home. And we got down on our hands and knees and we prayed for the first time as a husband and a wife. And we dedicated everything in our home, including the refrigerator, everything. We committed everything to the Lord. And we went in there and she started reading in her Bible. I can't remember if it was the next day or if it was that night. It was the next day. The next day she's reading in her Bible and she finds the place in the scripture where it says, and they cried, Abba, Father. She said, the whole time I'm saying, Abba, Father. So we pray again and we get down and we pray and she says, Abba, Abba. But she does it with more enthusiasm. Now she knows what she's saying. She's saying, Father, Father. It's in the Word of God. Father, Father. And as she began to speak, she began to let go. And as she began to relax in the presence of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gave her a fluent language. Just like He would do you and I. Well, what's that got to do with the gifts? Everything. Because it's the Holy Spirit who has come to set us free from ourselves. So I want to break these down into three groups for you. We want to talk about the revelatory manifestations. We want to talk about the power manifestations. We want to talk about the vocal manifestations, just to make it a little bit easier and a little bit clearer for you and I. There are nine manifestations, and we're going to group them in threes. In the revelation manifestations, they, this is what they do. These three manifestations do this. They reveal something. All three of them reveal something. Supernaturally, because they are supernatural endowments. Given by God to you, and God will give to you as many As he desires. Listen, if you have the Holy Spirit, all nine manifestations came in. If you have Jesus Christ in your life, all nine fruits of the Spirit came in. And these these work together. They're power twins. They work together to produce the love that God has from 
the inside of you to the outside to bless humanity. Remember the song, all the world needs now is love, sweet love. I know they weren't talking about the God love, but we know what that means. We know what the agape love means, and that's what the world needs. It just needs a fresh touch from God himself. Through the person of the Holy Spirit who is here to demonstrate and to display who he is. So the first one is a word of knowledge. Now what is a word of knowledge? It deals with the past and it deals with the present. It deals with past and it deals with present. If you're taking notes, write it down. The word of knowledge is the supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit of certain facts in the mind of God concerning people, places, and things. God is all-knowing. Therefore, what we get in a word of knowledge is just a fragmentary part of the knowledge of God. It's just a small portion of what God thinks. It's not everything that God thinks. It's a portion of what God thinks. Part of his knowledge, when this gift is in operation, this gift will provide what is necessary for you and I to accomplish that. A good reference, if you want to write it down, is Acts chapter number 21. Acts chapter 21 is a good example. I'll read to you out of the King James Bible. Verse 10 through 12. 21, 10 through 12. And it says, And as we tarried there many days, there came down from uh, Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle, and he bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle, and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And when we heard these things, both we and they of that place besought him not to go up to Jerusalem. So Agabus, he's a prophet, but you don't have to be a prophet to operate in a word of knowledge. All you have to be is a Christian that is a spouse to the infilling of the Holy Spirit in your life. And you can operate in that as the Spirit wills, not as you will. You can't go around and say, well, I want the gift of uh, the working of miracles. I want that gift. I'm not going to seek any of these other gifts. I'm going to seek the gift of miracles. Guess what? Chances are you're not going to get it. Wrong motive. Because you're wanting to be lifted up yourself. 
That's your motive. I want the gift of, of the working of miracles because then if I do miracles, then people will notice me. You, you, you can't go at this with that kind of a motive. This can't be self-motivated. It's as the Spirit wills. It's not as you will. He's in you to will and to do of the good pleasure of the Lord. And that's who we're supposed to be pleasing and satisfying is the Lord in these manifestations. So Agabus was given a word concerning Paul. And when the Lord gave it to him, he took Paul's girdle from him, put him on himself, tied himself up, and he said, the man who owns this. In other words, Paul, this is what's going to happen to you. I'm giving you a word from the Lord. This is what's going to happen to you. And guess what? Paul didn't care. Because Paul was ready to give his life. He had given his life to the Lord. He already said, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live in the life that I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God in Galatians 2.20. And I'm not concerned about this. I'm living for God anyway. I already know that I have to go this route. But thank you for letting me know that I'm headed for my last days. Thank God for that because that's where we get Timothy from. Because he goes and he tells Timothy. He says, my days are at hand. It's time. It's time. So he's, he's preparing himself. So there is a, just a scriptural, that's just one. There's all kinds of them in the Old Testament and the New Testament. But a word of wisdom deals with the future. The word of wisdom is a supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit of certain facts in the mind of God concerning people, places, and things. Same thing as the word of knowledge. As a matter of fact, those two are like power twins. They work together a lot of times, uh, and you'll find them in the Scripture where they're working together. The reason I'm giving you this is so that whenever these things begin to operate and function on a regular basis in our body, you'll be able to recognize which is which. So that you'll know what a word of a knowledge is and what a word of wisdom is, you'll know and you'll know what the discerning of spirits is. You can write this down for reverence. Go read it for yourself in Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 18. Uh, excuse me, that's not the right scripture. Acts chapter 9, verses 10 through 15. Read that. And you'll see wisdom concerning the future. The next one is the discerning of spirits. What is the discerning of spirits? It is a supernatural insight into the realm of the spirits or the spirit world. Both good and bad. The word discern means to see. To see. To be able to see. If you had the operation of the discerning of spirits, which I think is a very important gift today in the body of Christ, so that we can see into the spirit world. And when you see into the spirit world, if we were to see into the spirit world right now, 
in the church, we would be able to see if there was any demonic forces operating in our midst or not. We'd also be able to see angels operating in our midst. So the discerning of spirits is very important. And so if, you, if you'll go and, and take this reference in Acts chapter 16, verses 16 to 18, I'll just tell you the story. Paul was on a journey and he was going to prayer. And as he was going to prayer, there was a lady that kept coming up behind him and kept saying, she kept saying all the right things. She said the right things. These are the men of the Most High God. She was saying the right things, but he, there was something in him. He felt a check in his spirit, and this went on for days. This didn't happen just one time. Every time they went, this lady followed them, and finally he got the discernment on what it was, and he turned around and he rebuked the spirit. He didn't rebuke the woman. He rebuked the spirit that had this woman bound. And loosed her right on the spot. How many of you know that can be a very important operation during the times in which we live? To know what kind of spirit people are operating in. But you literally will be able to see into the spirit world. I don't have time to tell you. I'm just going to tell it in short. But years ago, back in 1997, uh, I was in my church. We were having a meeting in our church. And the Lord caught me up in the spirit. I was in the spirit, but yet I was still in the church. I could hear everything that was going on. We had a guest speaker speaking uh, from the podium and everything else. And, and I could hear everything that was going on. Diane was right next to me. And in, the, in my, my spirit man literally left my body. And I went to the center of the town in which we lived, what they called the, the center of the city. And it was a rotary North, south, east, and west. And that was the center point of the city. And I saw what were like an army coming towards me down North Street. Then I heard something off to my right-hand side, and I looked, and on West Street was coming another army. And then I heard something right behind me, and I turned around on South Street, and there was an army that was converging right on to the rotary. They were dressed in white and red fatigues. They had no weapons whatsoever. But they were an army that walked in total precision. Not one soldier was out of step. And at this moment in this time, Diane is poking me on the side. She says, and my, I'm crying profusely. And we're in service. And the message is going on. And, and I know that the speaker could see, but I, I couldn't help it. And I was just crying and crying and crying. And she was poking me inside. Phil's, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? I couldn't answer her. And finally, I left the center of the city and I went back into my church, which was just down uh, excuse me, on West Street. We, the other one was East Street. On West Street, and our church was not far from where I was at, and I went back into my body. And I was sitting there, but I felt like I felt this weight 
that was all over me. I couldn't move my arms. I couldn't move my legs. I felt like they were weighted down. And I'm crying, and she's poking me. Honey, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Are you all right? I said, no. No. And all of a sudden, I heard all these soldiers come into our, our foyer of our church. And I turned around and I looked, and there they were peering in through the doors that came into the sanctuary. Then the doors opened up, and the soldiers parted, and one man came walking down the middle of them. Came straight down the middle aisle of our church, went right by, just say this was the middle of the church, came right by here. There was a prophet sitting right here who was our main speaker. He was sitting right there and I was on the other end and that came right down past, came and stood in front of me and said, I'm Gabriel. I've been sent from God to tell you that these are angels. They've been sent on specific assignment to aid and to help you to fulfill the vision of the house. Command ye them to do what God has said. I'm bawling like a baby. And the first thought that came to my mind was, Gabriel, I'm just a country boy in a country church. Why would he be coming to speak to me? And Diane pokes me again. She says, are you all right? I said, no. Honey, don't don't bother me right now. He turns and he walks, goes right back by the prophet and disappears in the middle of the aisle and so do all of the soldiers. Pastor, why are you telling me this? Because it's, it's real simple. I was seeing in the spirit world. I was operating in a, a portion of the discerning of spirits. It was a supernatural intervention. I had never, ever had that happen to me in all my time of ministry in my life. Finally, it was coming close to the end of the service and And I'm still bawling like a baby. And finally, I could feel that my legs were loosed and I could get up and walk. And so I said, Diane, you're going to have to close service out. I can't do it. I'm going out to the car. She said, what is the matter? I'll tell you later. I can't tell you right now. I'm gone. I got up. I went to my car, got in my car. And I sat down in my car, put my head on my my steering wheel, and was still crying. I was shaking all over and everything else, and my car door opens on the other side. I turn and look at who's getting in the car. I have no idea who this can possibly be. So it's the prophet. He comes and he gets in the car and sits next to me, turns to me, and he said, Phil. I said, what? He said, an angel came and walked by me and touched me on the shoulder and came and stood right in front of you and started speaking to you. What did he say? I said, wait a minute. You saw that? He said, I see angels all the time. I said, I don't. I don't. You know, as I'm wiping my face and 
I mean, I, I mean, it, this was serious to me. And so I said, okay, I'll tell you what he said. So I told him, he said, well, that sounds absolutely perfect. He said, when I came driving into town this time, I saw angels flying in the air everywhere. He said, I just hadn't had time to tell you. But they're here to aid and to help you to fulfill what needs to be done. Made me feel a little bit better. But the discerning of spirits is real. It is in operation by the Holy Spirit. It didn't make me any different of a, or a special person. I've only had one or two other things that have happened of similarity, but not to the same degree or level. But it doesn't happen all the time. It's as the Spirit wills. So I just want you to see that. I need to move right along here. Let's go to the power manifestations. This is the next group. They do something. Everybody likes these because they're the gift of faith. And I put the word in parentheses, added to it, special faith, because it's not saving faith. It's not the faith that you get saved by. It's not that kind of faith. This particular kind of faith receives a miracle. It can receive a miracle. It is a supernatural intervention by the Spirit of the living God so that you and I can receive something for someone else. The perfect example for that is found in John's Gospel. You can write it, or excuse me, Mark's Gospel, chapter number 2, verses 1 through 5. You remember the the four that bore the one that was sick of the palsy. And they couldn't went to a house and the house was full of all the intellectuals and everything else. And they couldn't get in. They tried to get in, but they couldn't get in. So they took him up on the roof and they pulled away the tiles and they lowered the man down to Jesus. Because you see, they knew if they could get him to Jesus, he could get healed. Delivered and set free. And the Bible says, when Jesus saw their faith, he moved in behalf of the one that was sick of the palsy. The sick of the palsy had to use his faith too when Jesus told him, take up thy bed and walk. He hadn't been able to take up his bed and walk. But he took up his bed and walked that day. But it was a manifestation through those four individuals to get him to Jesus. Something in them caused them to function in such a degree that they were in unity together and they carried the man to Jesus, expecting Jesus to do something about it. And Jesus did. Special faith. Those four operated in special faith. The next one is this, the working of miracles. The working of miracles works the miracles. The first one receives the miracle. This one works the miracle. A miracle is a supernatural intervention into the ordinary course of nature. What's a miracle? A lot of people call healings, the gift of healings, miracles. 
In one sense of the word, it is, but yet the true operation of the true gift is this. Give you some examples. Jesus walking on the water. How many of you know that's not natural? How many of you have tried it? Walking on the water. How about turning water into wine? That's a miracle. Water does not have the sustenance for wine by itself. It's just H2O. Wine is not just H2O. Jesus turned it in to wine. How about Jesus, whenever he took five loaves and two fishes, and he fed 5,000 men plus women and children. They only counted men back in those days. 5,000 men plus the wives and the children. That's a miracle. A supernatural intervention into the ordinary course of nature. That's a miracle. And we can think of all kinds. There's so many others in the Old Testament and the New. How many of you remember the axe head that was flown, thrown in, uh, fell off as he was, you know, honing a, uh, a tree? And the axe head, the head fell off into the water. And the prophet, he went over and told the, the man of God, and the man of God came back and got a stick. He just got a stick. And he threw the stick into the water, and the axe head floated to the surface. Now, what's a stick got to do with an axe head floating to the surface? But it happened. It happened. Why? That's a supernatural intervention into the ordinary course of nature. And we could just go on and on. There's so many things in there. So the working of miracles. How about the gifts of healings? It's an endowment of supernatural energy of the Holy Spirit for healing of sickness and disease caused by sicknesses, accidents, personal neglect, bodily abuse, organic ailments, a spirit of infirmity, satanic oppression, and are sicknesses and diseases caused by demon possession. How about the ten lepers? They came to Jesus. Jesus operated in these manifestations, church. You're really quiet. A couple of references for you. Acts chapter number 8, verses 9, 5 through 9. Matthew chapter 17, 14 through 21. Go and read those. Let me get to the last ones real quick. I've got just a few minutes. The gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy, these, these are vocal manifestations. They say something. What does the first one do? Reveal something. The revelation or revelatory gifts, they reveal something. The power manifestation, what do they do? They do something. 
In this last one, it says something. Prophecy. Prophecy is a supernatural utterance by the Holy Spirit in a known tongue. That's what I did at the beginning of the service. The Lord gave me a prophecy to speak out of my spirit to you in the congregation. Supernatural utterance by the Holy Spirit in a known tongue. To prophesy in the Hebrew means to flow forth. To bubble forth like a fountain. To lift up. The gift of interpreting the divine will and the purposes of God. One of these times of manifestation you can find in Acts chapter 2, verses 16 through 21. Peter, on the day of Pentecost, he stood up after they had all began to speak in tongues and people were wondering what in the world is going on. They're hearing, they're hearing their, their, uh, uh, their own language being spoken by those that are baptized in the Holy Ghost. And they're, they're speaking about the, the will and the Word of God. Peter stands up and tells them, this is the prophecy that Joel gave in the Old Testament, in chapter 2, verse starting at verse number 28, concerning, and that goes all the way through 32, concerning what was going to happen in that last day. That, this was the fulfillment of what Joel prophesied back in 2, 28 through 32. The exact experience that Joel said was going to happen. The next one is diverse kinds of tongues. Divers kinds of tongues is a supernatural utterance by the Holy Spirit in languages never learned by the speaker. This is not a linguistic language. This is a language that you speak of and that I call a prayer language. It's, the Holy, it's a Holy Ghost language. It's an unknown tongue to us. We start that way, but it can shift into the gift but when it is an operation, there needs to be an interpreter. The gift of interpretation needs to be present when this gift is in operation. And lots of times, that's what's happened in churches. Somebody will speak out in a tongue in the church, and there's no interpretation. Well, they need to do what uh, Paul told the church to do. If, if someone speaks out, he says, and if you speak out, pray that you might interpret because they work together in harmony. He said, otherwise, be silent in the church. Don't be speaking out. If there's no interpreter present, there are people that will be known in the congregation that have manifestations of these gifts functioning and flowing. If they're not there, then don't try to do it unless you intend to interpret. Don't let it hit the floor. It's kind of like our flag. Don't drop the flag on the floor. The flag stays up. Jesus keeps being lifted up. He's high and lifted up. We don't drop the flag on the ground. How many of you have been in military? You don't drop the flag on the ground. It does not touch the ground. You desecrate it when you do that. You're supposed to destroy it. It's supposed to stay lifted up. That's the way Jesus is. We keep lifting him up. pastor keeps telling us over and over, go give him Jesus. Amen? How many of you are getting something out of this? 
So the next one is diverse kinds of tongues. Oh, excuse me. I've already got that. I gave you Acts. Did I give you Acts chapter 2, verses 6 through 11? Anyway, it's, it's, it's a supernatural utterance by the Holy Spirit in languages never learned by the speaker, nor understood by the mind of the speaker, nor necessarily unstu- understood by the hearer. Did you know that those people that were baptized in the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, they just went out blessing the Lord. They were speaking in other tongues, magnifying God. They didn't know uh, anything different. And it's obvious that God shifted into the manifestation uh, of, uh, of the diverse kinds of tongues because they began to hear them speak in their own language. They could understand everything that was said. That doesn't mean that the people that was doing it understood anything at all. They were so full of the Holy Ghost, they didn't know what was going on. But then the power twin of that is the interpretation of tongues. It is supernatural showing forth by the, by the Holy Spirit the meaning of an utterance in divers kinds of tongues. I want to make this statement to you. It is not a translation. It is an interpretation. We're not trying to translate. Some people say, well, the tongues was that long and the interpretation was that long. Well, that doesn't mean that it wasn't legitimate. It could be that the tongues was this long and the interpretation is that long. It is the gist of what the Holy Ghost is saying to the body of Christ. Instead of us turning things down and putting a, and knocking it, we should open up our ears and listen and hear and be subject to change. Amen? And that's the fundamental basics. There is so, so much more in the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. But I want you to know, every one of you sitting in here that's received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and have the baptism of the Holy Spirit in your life, you have all nine manifestations of the fruit of the Spirit and of the gifts of the Spirit. And He wants to use you. All you've got to do is say, I'm available. Amen. And then God will help put it decently and in order. The Lord will show us how to do that and keep it in a sense of decency and in order. We're living in the last days, church. We better get to moving the way God told us to move. It will draw people like wildfire. All you need is one manifestation of the working of miracles and gifts of healing. The word will get out. It did for Jesus. Jesus didn't have to put anything on the internet. He didn't have to publicize anything. Matter of fact, he told everybody, don't go tell anybody. You know what happens in church when something goes on in church? Well, we better not go there. Thank you. God bless you. Pray that you receive something tonight.